Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. My guest this week is my own wife, Linda. For three years now, since I've been hosting this podcast, people have asked me, why don't you interview your wife and get the story behind your story? And that's what we've done. So join me now for my conversation with my beautiful wife, Linda, and me. So let's just talk about you and me and all the crap we've been through. And where do I want to start? So we'd been dating for a few months and I went to get my first colonoscopy and I don't need to take you through all the details, but we got that phone call with those three words that uh, the last time I heard them, I was five years old. I guess my parents heard them. Can't say I heard them. And we were, you know, just not long into our relationship. And that phone rang. What ran through your mind? When we got the phone call? Yeah. Um, was this when we were shopping or at Macy's and the first doctor calls and says we have cancer or was this the second time? <laughs> no, this was right after the, this was the results of the, this was when we got the results of the colonoscopy. What goes through my mind at that time? I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it again. But we did. We did. We, we and did. we have succeeded. Well, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, we we did. And we, you know, we had, we had the surgery and everything was good to go. And then we go to New York for your very first trip to New York. And we're standing in Macy's and I get that call from Dr. Strasberg at the Moffitt Cancer Center yeah. telling us... There's a little spot on your liver. And do you remember where he said, but, you know, don't try not to let it ruin the rest of your vacation. (laughs) We'll take care of it when you get back. And this was just a few months after I had the colon surgery. And everybody said, including him, well, you, you probably don't need chemo because you're stage two. So we, I think we, you know, we were a little shook at first but we managed to enjoy the rest of that trip in new york came home got the pet scan and everything was negative Mm -hmm. so then what were you thinking so Uh, we we (laughs) we beat this or we are going to um it's like you just you're not you're not numb at that point it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. It, yeah. Yeah. And that was September. By the time we got mm-hmm. back and got the PET yeah. scan, it was late September. And then let's talk about three months later. 
It's New Year's Eve. We've been dating for a year, but at that point we'd known each other for what, 13 years. Yeah. Okay. We worked together. I hired you to work for me. And as they say, life happened and your life happened and my life happened. And then we were brought together and fell in love. And, um, you know, I had this dinner planned and I had this all planned and, and you didn't know it was coming. And I took, uh, Andrew and Elliot, uh, uh, my sons, uh, out to lunch the day before and told them that I was going to be popping the question, as they say. And then you get sick and mm. try to bail on me. <laughs> I did. Mm. And I talked to you in because I had this all planned. And and what is it that you, you tell everybody about? You know, I'd like to tell you that, that he yeah. had r- r- rose petals sprinkled yeah. all over the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd love to say they were all over the place, but it ended up being pink tissues all over the coffee table because <laughs> I was sick. And um, I had just gotten over a cold and you had, were in the middle of it. But that didn't stop me from asking you to marry me. Yeah. And... Um, and then we we fast forward a whole year and we're doing wedding plans and and we're in the throes of planning all that and how often did my first, my initial diagnosis enter your mind at that point you know you actually it never did i just um i never thought about it i never uh, thought that it would we were done Re-enter my life, your life. I thought, you know, God is good. Life is great. And the wedding was beautiful. Absolutely. (laughs) And we go off to Jamaica and had an amazing time there. Amazing, yes. And we come back from our honeymoon, and then there it is on my calendar. And I I double-checked it because I wasn't sure, but it had been six months. So it was my six-month scan. It was kind of like... The old Dunkin' Donuts commercial, time to make the donuts. It was just one thing to check off the list. And then Dr. Strasberg walks in and goes, yeah, that spot on your liver's gotten a little bit bigger. And I remember asking him when he said something before, you know, how do you know? I mean, I wasn't a big fan of his at that time. And how do you know? So we did the biopsy. Yeah. And it's New Year's Eve, and I'd made reservations for Charlie's Steakhouse for our first New Year's Eve, 30 days after we got married. And um, mm. we had driven to the post office to mail something. Taxes, mm, taxes property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And phone rings, and there's the caller ID, Dr. Strasberg. And as I tell people, we all especially those of you who've been through any kind of medical situation. Uh, when the nurse calls, it's usually good news. Absolutely. And when the doctor calls, not so much. And it was 4 o'clock, wasn't it? It was 4 o'clock mm-hmm. he called on yeah. New Year's Eve. And I, I'll never forget the words out of his mouth. I hate calling you on New Year's Eve with this news, but your cancer back. Yes. And we joke about it now, you know, he said, wait a minute, 30 days ago we said in sickness and in health, we didn't mean right away. Absolutely. What was so, you know, it was so far out of our mind and for this thing to come back, 
right? But I don't think, you know, we were upset, but I know. I, I, you know, with Sweetheart, I think we, we sat there for a few minutes trying to just consume what he said. I think we both, you know, tears, absolutely. Crying, no. I just think that we looked at each other at each other and we held each other's hand and it was like okay it's we're not going to let that information ruin our evening it was yeah yeah i mean i can see us sitting in the car and just probably more tears streaming down my face than yours but not crying deeply, but not feeling sorry. We've never felt sorry for no. ourselves, Mm-mm. have we? No, never. Why? Because we were a gift to each other. But you bet. You bet. You know, we were both given a second chance at love, right? I know of life of life. And when I still, you know, we had the, we took or we had someone, this was before we did selfies, but we (laughs) definitely had our, you know, our smartphone with us, our iPhone with us. And we had someone take our picture after dinner outside the restaurant. And those smiles are pretty big. Yes, they are. Aren't they? Uh, Yes. And that was what, about maybe four hours after we got the call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, You and I have found a way, and if I stray off course, you bring me back on course to not let cancer get in the way of our life as much as it could, as much as it could, right? Yes. So we go to New York, we ask for a second opinion at... um, Memorial Sloan Kettering and uh, Dr. Strasberg helped make that happen very quickly for us and was totally supportive of that. I think that's when you became a fan of his Yes, is when he said, sure, no problem. Absolutely. So we fly up there and um, I have to let the people listening in too, because there, there is, I'm going to go off a little tangent, but there's a reason you, I was one of those people, and you and I have always had a love of music. I think maybe me a little bit more than you. But somehow, and you and I have been racking our brains trying to figure out how it happened, and we still haven't figured out the answer. I was the guy that said, I love all kinds of music except country. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> uh, right? Yes. Um, and then I think my segue in was the song that when... We were dating. You introduced it to me, and I don't. We neither of us can remember when it was Keith Urban making memories of us. And as soon as I heard that song, and we were dating at the time, I said, I said to myself, and I didn't tell you, but that song, you and I are going to get married to that song, and it was our first dance. So that was my entree into country music, and at that time, there was a Kenny Chesney album that had just come back, come out called "Welcome to the Fishbowl," (laughs) and on that album is a song called 55th and 3rd mm-hmm. and you and I had gone up to Sloan Kettering for a consultation and we you know it was a quick up one night mm-hmm. back the it's next we spent the yeah, right, mm-hmm. 
Uh, we didn't go up and back the same day. It was the next. next we stayed week. one night, right? Yeah. And that night it had snowed, and we walked, and we were right near there, and we stood there at the corner of 55th and 3rd, mm-hmm. snowing, and the snow was coming down. And I think we kind of just, you know, we didn't sing the, I don't, I don't make this bigger than it is, more mellow, dramatic than it was, but we did hum a few bars from that song, standing there. And we made the decision at that moment that that's where we were going to have the liver resection surgery. And we came back up about three and a half weeks later. Yes. About three weeks later, right? Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, here we are in a different, in a, in a city, but fortunate for us, we had a support system there. My best friend Joel lived in the city and my sister Layla lived not far out of the city and we coordinated with all involved and said, all right, here's the game plan. And Joel uh, being the dear friend that he is and someone that I, we both love dearly and he's been a friend of mine since I was 16, said, all right, Lynn, you're going to stay with me and Lee is going to teach you in one day or maybe a couple of days, this country girl on her second trip to New York had to ride the subway system to get from the uh, West Village to the Upper East Side at Memorial Sloan Kettering every day so you could visit me in the hospital. And then I was going to be in for about a week or so, and then we would do our recuperation at my sister's in Connecticut. And... You learned the subway system. I did. I did. <laughs> right? We practiced a couple of times and all right, walk to Murray's Bagels, go down <laughs> these steps, look for the F train, mm-hmm. get off at the sixth stop when you come up these steps, right? Mm-hmm. And you did it. I'm so incredibly proud of you. Um, and, you know, so we go through the surgery and then, you know, the next thing on our list, the the big hurdle that we'd hoped to avoid all along, but we no longer could, was chemo. And sticking with country music theme, because this Saturday you and I are going to go see Kenny Chesney at Raymond James Stadium. And five years ago, when all this happened with the metastasis to my liver, Dr. Strasberg, on one of our visits, said, all right, looks like we're, you know, let's go ahead and get chemo scheduled for a few weeks from now. And I said, can we make that one week later? I didn't tell him why, but the reason why was you and I had tickets to see Kenny Chesney. The last time he was here, it was my very first country concert. Mm -hmm. And we went to see this show. Certainly we had a great time, but we had the, you know, we had the weight of that upcoming chemo coming up in a week. At least I did, you know, kind of in the back of our mind. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's especially for me, particularly special that here it is five years later. And you know, some people when they hear stage four, um, you know, they don't, you know, I, let's just say, put it this way, you and I have been incredibly fortunate, haven't we? <laughs> Absolutely. I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. 
H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. Be sure to stick around at the end of this interview for our new Ask the Doctor segment and to learn how you can get your rear in gear. So it's five years since we were initially treated for a stage four diagnosis. And here it is five years later and we're going to go back and have another party. Absolutely. Minus Eric Church. (laughs) Minus Eric Church. He's not part of the lineup this time, but that's okay. So we started chemo, and that was our every other Wednesday routine. What were your thoughts being there with me through those 12 sessions? We had a little routine down. (laughs) Yes, if it was did. the morning or it was the afternoon, it was always HGTV involved. If oh, I yes. The Property, <laughs> Property Brothers, Brothers you know. was always on. And now I can't watch it. <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't watched it, I don't think, since, you know, that time. But what was, what was your, what was going through your mind seeing me going through chemo and, you know, the challenge of particularly the, the weekends when it hit me the hardest? Oh, you know, the thing about it is, let's go back just a little bit to Dr. Allen, you know, in uh, New he York. He was my our liver surger, surgeon mm-hmm. at Sloan Kettering. And um, it's like him telling us there was three tum- tumors and, uh, you know, he removed the gallbladder. And I said, why? It was in his way. But then, like, when you got out of the recovery area and... We're like looking at each other, you know, and we said to each other, possibly you said it before I did, you know, we got stuff to do. Stuff is not the four-letter word that we use. Not the word that we use, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we got shit to do, okay? And we didn't, at that point, I think our eyes... You and I, our eyes have always told each other how much that we loved each other, our our family. And we just couldn't let this beat us. It might have been, if I wasn't as strong as what I am, and as you, as strong as you are, we're not going to let it beat us. And those were the words. We got stuffed at But sitting there, I I remember the first time, I don't remember the nurse 
the first nurse because we had two nurses um, that we truly loved. But I don't remember the first nurse's name. It was hooking you up. And I do recall I had to walk out of the room. And then I came back. Um, it's like, I need some coffee. I need some vodka. I need <laughs> something to drink because, you know, my darling husband has this cancer. And it's, I, I, I can't explain what went through my body when that needle goes to his arm. It was like, it's going through me too, because he is part of my life and part of my body. And I, and I think about even to this day, you know, and, and you and I both say, you know, we do a really nice job, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, of not letting this get in the way of our life. You know, we, we live by that. We should make a bumper sticker that says, <laughs> we got S asterisk asterisk to do and that's really the way we live our life but when I have my moments and everybody does mm-hmm. and you know maybe I get a little anxiety or a little down it's you you're always the one that says sweetheart what yeah. is it what is it that you always tell me yeah, we, have, we have cancer it's not just it doesn't you. have us it, it doesn't have us it doesn't it's not going to beat us you and I had the privilege to be in a documentary movie, The Messengers, a podcast documentary. Uh, There are a lot of wonderful people whose stories were featured in that movie. A little side plug for our listeners. It is available on Amazon Prime. And it's called The Messengers, a podcast documentary. And in that, our story is featured. And I said to the camera that if I had to do the the last six years over again, including the cancer, I would do it all over again to have you by my side. And you and I say with zero hesitation that these years that we've been together, and we've been together now for seven, we just celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary, have been I know, at least for me, the best seven years of my life. Absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. And that comes from where? People can't see what I'm pointing to. She's pointing to her heart. It comes from here. Because the love. Absolutely. I think that relationships are very important. When people hear those words, you either jump on board or you sink. You go away. That wasn't my option. Because my my relationship wasn't broken. God gave me a gift and it was you. And he gave me you. So we got into chemo and, you know, we got through, you know, the, the, that we had that 
I want to call it routine, but I guess it was, you know, kind of that routine though. On a, one week on, if you know, people who've been on full Fox, they know the drill one week on one week off the pump, the whole thing. Mm. And I was able to still work full time. Absolutely. What did you say to people when people asked about me or expressed their, I don't want to say sympathies, but they're, they, you know, people who were consoling you maybe about when they heard that your husband had cancer. What did you tell people? Well, first of all, we went home with this bag and a fanny pack on Wednesdays. And on Thursday morning, he was still in the gym every single morning. Um, did it kick his butt by Friday evening? Yes, it did, where he was a little tired. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want their sympathy. I'm not one of those people. I, I, you know, ask about my husband. He's doing great. He's in the gym this morning. He hasn't missed one day of work. Not one. Are you serious is what they would say. Are you serious? He's not, you know, missing any work. Nope. He didn't miss any work whatsoever. In the gym every single morning, did it kick his bottom on Friday evening? When I'd come home from work, he might be asleep because he would get home before me. And then I might not see him. When I say not see him, when I, he, he might not be in the kitchen. He would be asleep. But then on Sunday, he would be vibrant ready to go and then you know the this following week back to work and then a week later we'd be back at uh, Moffitt doing our chemo so we got through chemo and now we've been dealing with these little things that pop up in my lungs and uh, we've been treating them locally there hasn't been any chemo at this point but what's been you know when we get the news that they're still there, kind of hanging out, what do you think about? I don't want to do this again. I don't want him to have to do chemo. We've done the radiation. I just don't want to have to do it again. Again, it still hasn't gotten this down. It's it hasn't gotten no, in the way. No, you know, I mean, I talked to Dr. Strasberg. We do conference calls. Yeah, he, he because I go to the appointments and you're here watching our grandkids. So anytime I go to an appointment, yeah. I have you there on, on speakerphone yeah. so that you know what's going on. Um, yeah, it, it, it's still, you know, I mean, yes, I want everyone to know. I have my moments. I always have. I What does that mean? I cry. Absolutely. I cry. When you love something and you've been given a second chance and a gift from God, you don't want to give it up. I'm just as selfish as anybody else. No, I don't want to give that life up absolutely so those are my moments i i am a very strong woman 
strong person. Strong-willed is probably the best word. Um, but I have my moments where I'm frightened. Me you know, too. But they're only they're moments. And, they uh, are. They are. And I still think, you know, I have stuff to do with my darling husband. I am. What did you think? You, know, you came out to Orlando for the premiere of the movie. What did? What was your thoughts seeing you and I up on the up on the screen? I know in the first screening, your part wasn't in there, but we got to see, later on got to see it in the Tampa theater, the the premiere. And I don't know about you, but I've never been in a movie before. <laughs> right. And what did you think seeing our story? And sharing our story with, you know, several hundred people, many who are, you know, for dear friends. Well, among holding my bonus son's hand, tears streaming down my cheek and his too, it was like, if we can just help one person with our story, We've done something very good. And we've done that. We, yes. we know we've done that. We, mm -hmm. You've come with me to several colon cancer conferences and have been there when people have walked up and, and uttered those exact words to us. And now here we are about to take this to a whole nother level. And as we're planning on shifting gears from the colon cancer podcast to this new thing we have cancer and that all came from you and me as i was working with and and talking through this uh with uh, my dear friend jason hewitt who's been my my guide and my coach through this uh this um rebrand and and uh relaunch uh you know as we were talking it just came to me like trying to figure out what do we want to do and it just hit me crystal clear it's like it's what linda always says to me sweetheart it's about we it's about we and here we are and the whole reason why we've done this is just for the reason what you just said is if we can help one person one patient, one survivor, one caregiver, by giving them some inspiration and some hope through our story, then it's all been worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our journey continues. Our journey continues. Our life continues to be amazing. An overused word, but that's the word that comes to mind. It's... Uh, it's we've lived a, a blessed life and um for as long as we're allowed to do that we're gonna love and enjoy each other every day and and you know turn this this challenge into you know something that uh, hopefully will help other people too absolutely you know relationships are very important and I know that you have in interviewed 
quite a few people and there was someone that said, you know, if the relationship is broken when someone leaves because those magic words, and they're not magic words, you have cancer, it wasn't strong. It wasn't what it should have been. They just left. But if you hang in there, that relationship is something that is very worthwhile, very loving. No doubt. No doubt. I, I know, I say without hesitation, I am nothing like the person I was 10 years ago. In a good way. In a good way. And I'm, I know you're not the same either. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very blessed to have my darling husband. Very blessed. And I thank my lucky stars every night that you are my wife. And I love you with all my heart, body, and soul. You are my sweetheart. I'm Lee Silverstein. And I'm Linda Silverstein. And, and we, we have, have cancer. Welcome to Ask the Doctor, where your questions regarding cancer and cancer treatment are answered by Dr. Tim Cannon. Dr. Cannon is with the Inova Medical Group in Fairfax, Virginia, and he's a board-certified medical oncologist specializing in gastrointestinal cancers. Dr. Cannon, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Lee. So the question this week is, how are treatment decisions determined, and how do I as a patient know if I truly am getting the best and the right treatment for my diagnosis? Well, that's a great question. I'm sure everybody wonders uh, that if they're getting the best treatment, and that's probably why so many people go for second and third opinions. Um, I think it's important to note that usually the first treatment that you get is fairly standardized. You know, a lot of people think of oncologists as chefs. Well, what's this doctor going to whip up for me? Or what's that doctor going to whip up for me? And then learn that uh, that what they're getting is quite standardized. The answer to the first type of treatment they get is, is quite standardized, and there's not a lot of variation in the treatments that oncologists choose. And the reason for that is that, you know, the FDA has approved treatments as a first-line treatment or a second-line treatment, and most oncologists follow that with the following caveat. They sometimes will, will veer away from the FDA-approved first-line and second-line treatment if they have a clinical trial. So, in other words, no matter where you go, if you have a uh, colon cancer or any cancer that's stage four, you're usually going to be recommended the first, uh, the recommendations you'd get for the first treatment is usually very similar from oncologist to oncologist. And it may be similar for the second treatment. However, it's after that that there is a great deal of variation. And, um, you know, once you've been through one or two treatments, you really need to think about clinical trials and um, try to connect with a center that has a lot of clinical trials. There are um, uh, places you can go to learn more about clinical trials and services that can help you be, uh, help match you to clinical trials. You can do that by going on the National Cancer Institute website and just search for cancer clinical trials. You could use um, one of many 
services which try to um, uh, match you to a clinical trial based on the information that you give them, like Emerging Med or Driver or uh, one of many apps that are sort of uh, emerging now. And then uh, after all, after you've done those things, you know, if you're really concerned about, you know, whether or not you're getting the right treatment, it's always healthy to get a second opinion. Uh, you can also um, use uh, different uh, for-profit programs like Best Doctors. You know, I think that, you know, most, most of the time, the first treatment you get is pretty standardized and the second treatment maybe as well. But after that, there is a lot of variation. And at, that, at those points, it is important to, you know, seek out a second opinion, I think, in some form. Thank you so much for that helpful information. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Here's your update on Get Your Rear in Gear event taking place across the country, presented by the Colon Cancer Coalition. Coming up on Saturday, May 19th, is the Get Your Rear in Gear 5K Run Walk and Kids Fun Run taking place in Norman, Oklahoma at the Journey Church. Following day on May 20th for our friends in Orlando and yours truly will be out there supporting the Get Your Rear in Gear 5K Run Walk and Kids Fun Run. Again, taking place in Orlando, Florida at Bill Frederick Park. And finally, the last Get Your Rear in Gear event for the month of May taking place on Sunday, May the 27th. For our friends out in Wichita, Kansas is the Get Your Rear in Gear 5K Run Walk and One Mile Fun Run and that is taking place at the Farm and Art Market Plaza. For information on this and future events, check out the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org. Thanks to our sponsors, the Colon Cancer Coalition and H2ORS, for your support. The podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.